Section 47 of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Modern Magic, a Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring by Professor Lewis Hoffman. Stage Tricks, Part 2. Before quitting the subject of the tables used upon the stage, we must not omit to say a few words as to what is called the bellows table, though it is now comparatively little used. It was formerly, say, forty or fifty years ago, the fashion among conjurers to use tables with drapery hanging to within a few inches of the floor. The table being, say, two feet seven inches high, this gave room for a box-like arrangement of two feet deep, or thereabouts, within the body of the table. In this box, which was open at the back, was hidden an assistant, who worked the pistons, managed the traps, effected necessary substitutions, etc., etc. Conjuring under such circumstances was very easy work. In 1845, however, Robert Houdin gave his first public performance, and one of the earliest of his reforms in the magic art was the suppression of the too suggestive drapery, and the substitution of tables of light and elegant form, allowing no possible room for the concealment of an assistant. A reaction set in favor of the new fashion, which has ever since maintained the ground. The bellows table combines the apparent simplicity of the undraped table with the internal capacity of the old-fashioned draped article. There is a trick, formerly very popular as the wind-up of an entertainment, which consists of the magical disappearance of a youthful assistant, male or female. The subject of the trick, generally dressed in a page's costume, is made to mount upon a table and is covered by a wicker cone, which being almost instantly removed, he or she has vanished. The table in this case is draped to within a few inches of the ground, but to show that no hidden receptacle is thereby concealed, the performer, before commencing the trick, lifts up the tablecloth, and shows that the top of the table is at most not more than two or three inches in thickness. The drapery is then again allowed to fall into position, and the trick proceeds. The table used in this trick is a bellows table, i.e. it has a double top, or rather two tops, one above the other. The upper one is a fixture, with a large wooden trap, opening upwards in it, to allow of the passage of the person to be conjured away. The under top is movable, being in its normal condition pressed against the upper one by the action of four spiral springs, one in each leg of the table, but sinking down to nearly the depth of the cover under the weight of a person stepping upon it, and thus affording the requisite hiding-place in which the person remains until the fall of the curtain enables him or her to come forth with safety. Cloth is nailed round three sides of the upper and lower boards, folding between the two when closed, after the manner of the leather of a bellows, and from this circumstance the table derives its name. Small round tables, for the disappearance of a rabbit or the like, are sometimes made on the same principle. The following will be found a simple, convenient arrangement. Let the table be of the form shown in figure 281, and two feet seven inches high. Let the uppermost eight inches of the pillar be a plain cylinder A, A, an inch and a half in diameter. Below this the pillar may increase in size and may be of an ornamental character. Take two circular boards of deal or mahogany, each eighteen to twenty inches in diameter, and five-eighths of an inch thick. In the center of one of them, B, cut a circular hole an inch and three-quarters in diameter. 
this will form the underside of the bellows the object being to allow the board to slide freely up and down on a a the other board which we will call c is screwed firmly on to the pillar to form the top of the table Next, take a strip of black alpaca, 10 inches in width, and nail its opposite edges round B and C, leaving a small space at the one side to give access to the interior. Tie a piece of cord elastic round the center of the alpaca, tightly enough to exercise a considerable degree of tension. Fix such straps as may be desired in C, and glue over it a fancy patterned cloth with a fringe or border hanging down 9 or 10 inches round the sides. The performer, before executing any trick with this table, may pointedly draw attention to the fact that it contains no drawer or other place of concealment. In doing this, he with one hand raises the lower board level with the upper, the action of the elastic drawing in the alpaca between the two, while with the other hand he raises the fringe and shows, apparently, that the top of the table is but a single board. The top of every conjuring table should be covered with woolen cloth, not only to prevent the clatter which would be occasioned by the placing of objects upon the bare wood, but to conceal the presence of the traps and pistons. The cloth should, for this latter reason, be of two colors, and of a tolerably intricate pattern, as the outline of the traps will be thereby rendered much less perceptible. Indeed, if the pattern of the cloth be a favorable one for the purpose, the traps should be, by gaslight, absolutely invisible. The cloth should be glued over the top of the table after the manner of a card table, the upper surface of the traps being first roughed slightly to make the glue adhere to the metal. When the glue is thoroughly dry, but not until then, the cloth may be cut along the outline of the traps with a very sharp penknife and small holes bored to allow of the upward passage of the piston rods. As it is necessary in placing a mechanical piece upon the table to do so exactly over the pistons, it is well to have a couple of wire points projecting upwards a quarter of an inch or so from the surface of the table, in such positions that if the piece of apparatus rests firmly against these, which the performer can tell instantly by feel, it must necessarily be in proper position. Where wrist traps are used, the cloth need not be cut out round the little oblong slab marked C in figures 263 and 264, but the cloth should be without glue over this particular spot and for half an inch round it on either side. The cloth will, by this arrangement, be found without cutting to stretch sufficiently over C to allow of the proper working of the trap. Assuming that our stage appliances are complete, we will proceed to the rabbit trick. The performer comes forward to the audience and borrows a hat. He asks whether it is empty, and is answered that it is, but he, notwithstanding, finds something in it which the owner is requested to take out. The article in question proves to be an egg. No sooner has this been removed than the performer discovers that there is still something in the hat, and immediately produces therefrom a live rabbit, quickly followed by a second. Not knowing what other use to make of these, he proposes to pass one of them in to the other. The audience decide which is to be the victim, and the performer, placing them side by side on the table, proceeds to roll them together, when one is found to have vanished. Nobody knows when or how, but the theory is that it has been swallowed by the remaining rabbit, to the imaginary increased fatness of which the performer draws special attention. Having thus passed one rabbit into the other, the next step is to get it out again. 
to do this the performer calls for some bran and his assistant immediately brings forward and places on a table or chair a huge glass goblet twelve inches or thereabouts in height filled to the brim with that commodity the performer takes the borrowed hat and after showing that it is empty places it mouth upward on another table so as to be at some considerable distance from the goblet of bran he then places a brass cover over the glass first however taking up and scattering a handful of the bran to prove its genuineness taking the surviving rabbit and holding it by the ears above the covered goblet he orders the one swallowed to pass from it into the glass at the same time stroking it down with the disengaged hand as though to facilitate the process he remarks you must excuse the comparative slowness of the operation ladies and gentlemen but the fact is the second rabbit passes downwards in an impalpable powder and if i were not to take sufficient time we might find that a leg or an ear had been omitted in the process and the restored rabbit would be a cripple for life i think we are pretty safe by this time however thank you bunny i need not trouble you any more so saying he releases the visible rabbit and on taking off the cover the bran is found to have disappeared and the missing rabbit to have taken its place in the goblet while on turning over the borrowed hat the vanished bran pours from it the reader who has duly followed our descriptions of the appliances employed in the magic art will have little difficulty in solving the riddle of this trick the performer first comes forward with an egg palmed in one hand and with a small rabbit in an inner breast pocket on each side of his coat see page nine the first step is that pretended finding of something it is not stated what in the hat the owner is requested to take it out and while all eyes are naturally turned to see what the article may prove to be the performer without apparent intention presses the mouth of the hat with both hands to his breast and tilts one of the rabbits into it this is next produced and in placing it on the ground at its feet the performer brings the second rabbit in the same manner into the hat when he undertakes to pass one rabbit into the other he places both upon the table which contains the rabbit trap and standing sideways to the audience pushes the hindmost under cover of the other through the trap this particular rabbit is not again produced the rabbit in the bran glass which has already been explained see page three eighty three being another as much like it as possible it only remains to explain how the bran comes into the borrowed hat this is effected by having a black alpaca bag filled with bran in one of the profondas or under the waistcoat of the performer this bag is introduced into the hat after the manner of the goblets see page three o eight and the bran having been allowed to run out the bag is rolled up in the palm and so removed the bran remaining to be produced in due course it is obvious that the trick may be varied in many ways the following is an effective modification a rabbit having been produced by natural or supernatural means is placed on the principal table closer to the hinder edge and temporarily covered with a borrowed hat while the performer goes in search of a sheet of paper which when obtained he spreads upon a small side table lifting the hat slightly he takes out the rabbit and walking with it to the side table rolls it up in the paper making a somewhat bulky parcel coming forward with this to the audience he turns toward the principal table and saying now ladies and gentlemen if you watch me very closely you will see the rabbit fly out of the paper and back to the hat he crushes the paper together between his hands and tearing it shows it's empty while on lifting the hat the rabbit is again found safely ensconced beneath it the ingenious reader will readily guess that duplicate rabbits are employed one of them is placed under the hat and remains there throughout the trick a second of similar appearance is placed in the box or basket on the servante immediately behind the hat this box has no lid but is pushed until wanted just within the interior of the table 
the top of which prevents the rabbit making a premature appearance the performer slightly raising the hat as though to take the rabbit from under it lifts up this second rabbit which the spectators naturally believe to be the same one which they have already seen and in apparently wrapping it in paper on the side table presses it under cover of the paper through the rabbit trap and screws up the ends of the paper which should be rather stiff in such manner as to make it appear that the animal is still inside it the same trick may be performed with a pigeon with equally good effect and considerably less difficulty the fairy star this is one of the most telling of stage card tricks the performer coming forward with a pack of cards allows six to be chosen his assistant meanwhile brings forward and places on a table a handsome gilt star on a stand the performer collecting the chosen cards places them in his pistol and fires them at the star when at the moment of each explosion they are seen to attach themselves one to each of its points as in figure 283 the principal point to be explained is the construction of the star behind each ray is a movable arm working on a spring hinge at about two inches distance from the point and carrying a spring clip at its outer end wherein to insert a card see figure 284 representing a back view of the apparatus a card being placed in each of the clips the six arms with the cards attached to them are folded down one by one behind the center of the star which is just large enough to conceal them each card as folded holds down the one which has preceded it when the last card is folded down the free end of a movable button or lever at the top of the pillar on which the star rests is so turned as to press upon the arm which holds the card last folded and thus to keep it and the five other cards preceding it in its place the button however is so arranged as to be instantly withdrawn upon an upward movement being communicated to a wire rod which passes up the center of the pillar and terminates in a flat disc of metal at its foot the apparatus thus prepared is placed immediately over one of the pistons of the table at the moment of firing the pistol the cord of the piston is pulled the piston rises pressing up the disc and wire rod the button is withdrawn and the arms being thereby released revert to their natural position exhibiting a card upon each point of the star there are many little differences of detail between the stars of rival manufacturers but the foregoing may be taken to represent the general principle of all some have the addition of a rose in the center which opens simultaneously with the appearance of the cards and discloses a watch borrowed a moment previously from one of the spectators the mode of working the trick varies a good deal in the hands of different performers the most legitimate method is to force cards corresponding to those already folded behind the star and this method has the advantage of allowing the star to be brought in and placed upon the table before commencing the trick and as it is not again touched by the performer or his assistant the appearance on its points of apparently the identical cards just chosen seems really miraculous to be able however to force six cards in succession with ease and certainty demands a more than average degree of dexterity on the part of the performer and a forcing pack see page twenty three is hardly available where more than three or at most four cards have to be forced various expedients have been adopted to get over this difficulty some professors simply collect or allow their assistant to collect the cards which have been drawn and forthwith secretly exchange them for the same number of others these latter are laid upon the table and subsequently placed in the pistol while the originals are carried off by the assistant behind the scenes and there attached to the star which is then for the first time brought forward others again use what are called longs and shorts i e two packs of cards one of which has a small portion shaved off its length or breadth 
the performer offers the uncut pack for the company to draw from letting each person retain his card and then secretly exchanging the pack for the shortened pack he requests each of the drawers singly to replace his card and to shuffle freely the substituted pack being a shade smaller than the returned card the latter becomes a long card see page sixty and therefore however well the cards are shuffled the performer is able with absolute certainty to cut at that particular card here is your card he remarks the knave of diamonds as he names the card the assistant behind the scenes takes the cue and attaches a corresponding card to the star the card named is removed from the pack and laid upon the table in order to be subsequently placed in the pistol and a second drawn card is returned and shuffled with the like result the star may in the absence of a mechanical table be placed on the hand the disc being pushed up by the fingers some stars have a movable stud at the side of the pillar connected with the rod within to facilitate this mode of working the trick the card bouquet this is a trick very similar in effect to that last described though differing a little as to the manner of the appearance of the cards six cards are drawn and placed in a pistol as in the last case a vase apparently of china but really of tin japanned containing a handsome bouquet is placed upon the table and at the instant of firing the six cards appear ranged in a semicircle above the flowers in the bouquet in this instance the cards are attached to the branches of a sort of fan so constructed as to open of its own accord unless forcibly kept closed the cards having been duly placed in position this fan is shut and pressed downward through a narrow opening in the lower part of the vase the pressure of whose sides keep it for the time being closed when pressed upwards by the action of a piston the fan rises above the level of the flowers and at the same time opens and exhibits the six cards the vase is sometimes made with a second petal to produce a second series of six cards in this case twelve cards are drawn six of these first appear and then at the command of the performer these six suddenly change to the other six this is effected as follows the twelve cards are pasted back to back in couples each of the six arms which hold the cards is so arranged as to be capable of being turned half round after the manner of the center of the watch target in which position it is retained by a catch flying back however to its old position as soon as the catch is released the six arms are each turned round in this manner bringing what are naturally the hindmost cards in front the movement of the first lever exhibits these cards that of the second lever releases the six catches when the arms instantly fly round and reveal the other six cards into which those first exhibited appear to have changed end of section forty seven